Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. In a world where businesses can struggle with cash flow, come under attack from admin. And lose track of payments, invoices, and performance. One business and accounting software solution can help you find it all. Enterprise. The invoicing, accounting, and business software that saves the day from admin. Get paid in a flash and take control of your day. Start using now for free for life. Visit enterprise.com. Hello and welcome to Pod's Own Country, the Yorkshire Post's political podcast. I'm Jerry Scott, the Yorkshire Post Westminster correspondent, and as this episode goes out today, Friday, January 31st, it's the UK's final day in the EU. After three and a half years of turmoil, we finally leave at 11pm tonight. With that in mind, we have a bumper Brexit special for you today. I speak to two of Yorkshire's, and indeed the country's, most prominent players in Brexit. Hilary Benn has led the Brexit Select Committee, and was behind the now infamous Benn Act, which stopped the country crashing out without a deal. While Andrea Jenkins is a die-hard leaver, and she's been campaigning for Brexit far before we'd even invented the phrase. Both speak to me about how they feel on this historic day, and then I've popped over to Parliament Square to speak to demonstrators on their thoughts. Hi, Hilary. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us. It's a big moment, isn't it? It's our last full day in the EU. I mean, you've been at the forefront of this debate for the last few years. How are you feeling at the moment? Well, when we formally leave at 11 o'clock tomorrow night, I shall feel sad along with about half the country. The other half of the country will probably be celebrating. Um, We have to accept it's happening. Um, But Brexit isn't done. And it's really important that we understand that because we're about to embark on very important negotiation which will determine what our future relationship is with the countries who are still our friends and neighbours on the other side of the channel and this will have huge implications the outcome will have huge implications for businesses in Leeds and right across Yorkshire so what what still needs to be sorted I mean it's a big list I know but (laughs) but everything because we've had an arrangement best trade deal we've got with any group of countries in the world we 43% of our exports go to the EU and that is going in the bin and we're going to have to replace it with something else Mm -hmm. which is going to be less good than what we've just thrown away and so for people who are making things will there be tariffs to be paid or not? I suspect in the end there won't be we'll have to fill in customs forms rules of origin declarations will services, businesses have to do new things to be able to carry on selling what they produce. Broadcasters, for example, at the moment, you can make a programme and broadcast it till we left, uh, for the next uh, 12 months <laughs> all over the European Union. Yep. Will you have to go and get a licence in each individual country? Um, will, will we have I access to really important databases? Mm-hmm. 
which helped to keep us safe. Um, what will we do about approving new medicines and aircraft parts? What about the transfer of data? Lots of businesses transfer data and people may not realise that we'll need to have new rules so that we can carry on doing that. Cooperation on foreign policy. The world is trying to deal with a great big disease outbreak. Mm, yeah. And so there's, how's this all going to work? Businesses this year will increasingly say to government, we know the old rules are coming to an end. What are the new rules going to be? Because I need to plan and I hate uncertainty. And the government is making, um, well, has taken a very big gamble because the Prime Minister said we can do this basically in 10 months. Now, uh, a lot of people say you're not going to be able to sort all of that out in 10 months. So where's that going to leave us by the end of the year? So is the government wrong then to say they've got Brexit done? Well, self-evidently, it isn't done. We've, we will have left the institution, but Brexit is a process, it's not a moment. And since nobody can answer the question, what is going to be the new basis of our economic and political relationship with our neighbours? Well, if you can't answer that question, of course it's not done. Mm -hmm. And do you... You know, when we say that, you've got, what, 10 months, you're saying, to kind of get things sorted. What are your fears for the end of, end of that period? Well, there's some very tricky questions. Fisheries, for example. Yeah. Um, uh, my fear is the government runs out of time mm -hmm. to agree all of this. Does that mean there will then be a cliff edge for the things that haven't been sorted? Can they agree some further... Uh, well, it won't be an extension under Article 50. No, of course. But could they reach some pragmatic decision that while they continue to negotiate the other things, we'll keep stuff as it is? And then at the heart of it is this argument about are we going to stick with the EU rules or move away from them? Mm -hmm. And people say it'll be easy because we've got the same rules at the moment. On the EU side, they're saying, well, if you gain a competitive advantage by moving away from our rules, but then want to continue to have access to our market, you've got another thing coming. Mm -hmm. So that's why these negotiations are actually very, very complex. Because the more the government says it wants to move away from the rules, the harder it's going to be to get an agreement that will work for British business. It's interesting, wasn't it? Because we were speaking before we before we pressed record today about um, Boris Johnson's previous promises on um, a border in the Irish Sea, for example. And, you know, and, and that he kind of went back on that. Are we sure that he won't go back on promising there'll be no further extensions or no further transition periods? Well, under the agreement, we'd have to have decided by the end of June this year whether yeah. to go for a, a, a further one or two years of transition, mm -hmm. which basically means everything stays the same while you sort out the new arrangement. But the government's closed that off with the legislation. Yeah. And, um, well, there must be... Well, they say they're very confident they can do this, but there's a lot of other people who are absolutely not sure that's the case. And if they've got it wrong, then the consequence will be felt by businesses, jobs, livelihoods, up and down the country. I think the other thing I would say is this, that we've left a very important relationship that has helped to give us influence in the world. And there's been great debate about sovereignty, take back control. But in the modern world, if you want to have some control, some influence, if you want to protect the interests of your citizens and advance your interests as a country, the truth is you have to do that by working with others because mm. we're dealing with a global disease outbreak. Yeah. There's a perfect example. Climate change, um, the rules of trade, 
refugees because of threats to peace and security, refugees because the climate's changing and it's either where they used to live is underwater or it's permanent drought where people are not going to stay. Now all of those things which ultimately have an impact on us in Yorkshire and right across the country, you have to work with others and so I hope that although we are leaving the European Union tomorrow, that we will try and find the closest possible relationship that works for both sides in the months and the years ahead because they are still our friends, our neighbours on the other side of the channel and our interests are bound up with theirs and theirs with ours. Absolutely. Now I'm going to let you go in just a second because I know you're a very busy man but just before we start recording you uh, said that on BBC Radio Leeds the other day you said you don't regret the Ben Act. Why? Well for the very simple reason. The the Ben Act stopped us from leaving the EU on the 31st of October without a deal. Mm-hmm. It didn't stop Boris Johnson from negotiating a deal. That's it's really important to understand that. And look, the government's own assessment said the worst possible outcome to all of this would be to leave without a deal. And I didn't feel, and the MPs, who all had very, very different views on how the Brexit story would end. There mm-hmm. were MPs who voted for that act who said, the moment a deal comes along, I'm going to vote for that. Yeah. So it wasn't about stopping Brexit altogether. It was about protecting businesses, jobs, investment in Yorkshire and across the rest of the country from the damage that would have been inflicted by a no-deal Brexit. And I think that was absolutely the right thing to do. So, I, no, I don't regret it for a moment. Do it all again. <laughs> well, no. That's a different question. Well, yeah, well, uh, we can't unwind the past. As Someone famously said, we are where we are and it is what it is. We'll leave it there. Thanks so much, Hilary. Right, so, Andrew, can you tell me a bit about your big Brexit bash you've got on tonight? What's going on? Right, so um, I decided to organise a big Brexit bash here in Yorkshire because everything always seems to happen in London. And, you know, I'm a Yorkshire woman. um, My constituency voted um, two to one um, to leave. And I thought, you know, let's let's have this celebration to finally, you know, also draw a line under this, celebrate where we've got, um, then be able to draw a line under this and then move on together as a country. So that's that's sort of my aim of this. It's everything we've got, um, live bands, you know, musicians, um, there's fireworks, um, there's food there. And no, it's, it's going to be fantastic. And there's about 400 people who's attending. So, yeah, I hope it's a, a, a blooming good night for everybody. <laughs> Absolutely. We were saying just before we started recording, actually, you've sold out your tickets, haven't you? I mean, were you were you expecting that kind of response? Um. No, I mean, I obviously I picked a venue um, and I knew what the capacity was and you get a little bit nervous when you first start advertising. But within, you know, four or five days of um, it being on social media, just on Twitter, etc., we, um, we'd already sold half the tickets. So, yeah, it's, it's wow. amazing. And, and I think, you know, it's really time to mark and celebrate this day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've been... One of the most, I would, I don't think it's wrong to say, outspoken proponents of Brexit over the last few years. You've always kind of been behind it, haven't you? How are you feeling now that we're now that we're finally leaving? Well, for me, it's been a longer journey than the last three and a half years. You know, mm-hmm. I, I was 
involved right for campaigning to have a referendum in the first place um, with the Let Britain Decide campaign. I remember going around my constituency with, um, you know, all the banners and, and you know, con- collecting signatures saying that mm-hmm. we, we need to put this to bed. We need to, to finally have a decision on this. And so then I got involved in the referendum campaign. I was the MP coordinator um, for Vote Leave for the, um, all the Yorkshire constituencies, you know, the 50-odd constituencies. Mm. So, and I, I knew, it, I knew it was, something was happening. I remember back then, but back in 2016 during the campaign, people was coming up to me and saying, I've never voted before in my life. I'm going to vote for this. I feel I've finally got a voice. So I, I, even on the referendum campaign, I really thought that, that you know, Brexit is going to happen. And it, look, it's been a tough three and a half years. I mean, even now I have, you know, colleagues in the tea room who won't even sit next to me because I, I have, you know, been outspoken against our former prime minister with the withdrawal agreement. And um, we've had to fight tooth and nail to really get to this moment. So back to your question, how do I feel? Um, relief, really. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, at the height of it, you know, the abuse as well online, etc. I, I got death threats. I got people writing on my office wall telling me to kill myself. And so I think, and I've, I've noticed that since, um, you know, our Prime Minister Boris Johnson, since he won the election with a stonky majority, that things seem to be a lot calmer, you know, on social media. And I, I, I'm really hoping that, you know, once today is out of the way, we can really pull together as a country. It's a great country. Ours is a great county. And, and let's move forward. Absolutely. I mean, that must be, you know, you spoke a bit about the abuse there and regular uh, listeners and Yorkshire Post readers will remember during the election that you suffered some abuse as well. That must take its toll, as well as, you know, you say about your colleagues, not kind of maybe wanting to sit next to you in the tea room. What... What emotional kind of effect has this had on you as well? Because it's obviously been something you're very passionate about, but as with any any cause you're passionate about, it takes a lot out of you, I'm sure. Yes, uh, and it did, if if I'm honest. Um, Mm. You know, I remember after we had somebody who phoned my office back in July threatening to rip the bitch's face off, come down Mm, to my office, etc., I, I then came off social media for about three months and just my team managed it because I think I needed that mental space. Mm-hmm. And then when it really ramped up during the election, I went on a bit of a blocking spree because, you know, you know when you just can't take any more negativity. And that's Quite what liberating, it isn't it? It is, actually, yeah. yeah. I, know, I know I've had people moaning, complaining about being blocked, but I think sometimes you just need that mental space. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because it can drive you crazy, and and so yeah, we, we've got through it. And to me, this is it has been a bit of an emotional journey for me as well. And I mean, don't forget, even my my son, as 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 it turned out, was born on the 29th of March when we voted Article <laughs> 50. <laughs> so back, back then, you know, Jason McCartney, you know, one of our Yorkshire MPs, mentioned mm-hmm. it in the chamber, and the speaker mentioned it, John Becker at the time. So it has been really an emotional journey, this. So I thought, look, let's mark it, this Brexit day, with a celebration. It'll be full of happiness. Um, as I said, music, dancing, and happiness. And then tomorrow's another day, and let's just pull together. So... Yeah. Yeah. So in in the um on that in the in the PM's speech tonight that we've had a bit of a bit of a preview of he's talking about you know the dawning of a new era and the curtains going up for the new act is that is that how you feel as well is that is that your kind of your vision as we go into into this new you know stage of our of our country's history? 
Yes, 100%. I, you know, I'm, I'm definitely of the same thinking as Boris, our Prime Minister. I mean, if you look back, um, I have so many people who've told me, you know, during the referendum campaign that what they signed up for in the 70s, you know, 40 odd years ago was, was not what it is today, you know, the political mm-hmm. union and, you know, the loss of some of our um, democratic powers, etc. And so what... Um, I think Boris is right, you know, we can finally put this to bed. And it's an, an exciting opportunity, though. You know, we, we can really be, you know, um, a, a, a true global trading nation. Because to me, you know, it's, it's great what we can do. I've always felt that the EU can hold people back in a way. I mean, I, I'm, I care about global health issues. You know, I was mm-hmm. in, um, I've worked on stuff with polio. I've been across to India, seeing how they've eradicated polio. Um, Especially relevant I, at the moment, of course. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been across to Kenya and seen how a child dies every every two minutes, a child under four with, um, with malaria. And, and what I've always thought is, you know, countries like this who's got, you know, great agriculture, etc., you know, we should be able to do free trade agreements with them in agriculture. But because of the common agricultural policy of the EU, we can't. And, and we give aid to these other countries. But what better way for it to, you know, meet, reach the people on the ground um, who, you know, who live in dire and very poor situations um, and work the lands to actually be able to, you know, help that country thrive, you know, through free trade. So I, I, I just think this is a great opportunity for our country. And I do honestly believe it's going to be a golden decade. Now, there is still a lot to do, though, of course, before we, um, you know, we are leaving today, but we've got plenty of stuff to kind of hammer out and iron out over the next year. Are you going to be involved in that, keeping your keeping your eyes on how that's going with all, all the things that still need to be sorted during the transition period? Um, yes. I mean, I'm not going back on the Brexit committee. Um, no. I, I've, I've, but I'm, you know, I'm vice chair of the ERG, but... But it's different this time. You know, we've got a prime minister who believes in Brexit. I mean, he was forefront on the Leave campaign. Um, We've got got a strong negotiating team. And, you know, I think it's going to be different this time. But obviously, you know, I want to, you know, be supportive of the prime minister to make sure that we get the, um, the best deal possible and we do what's right for Britain because that's the most important thing. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to let you go in just a second. But before I do, can you just tell me what this what this is going to mean for, you know, our listeners in, in Yorkshire? What what really are they going to see over the next few years now that now that we're leaving the EU? I mean, I'm, I'm conscious, you know, not everyone voted to leave. And, sure. um, and so, you know, this is also a period of mourning for, for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I think what we've got to do, it should be a period of optimism now. Um, what we're going to see, obviously, until December, there's still the negotiations going on regarding what the final deal will look like. So I'm sure that we will see, um, you know, ups and downs with that, um, um, a lot of bravado, a lot of chess playing until mm. the 11th hour like we've seen this time. So um, I think that would be quite an emotional journey still, but, but we are, you know, we are out, which is wonderful. And I just think that, you know, to be able to use our own money then to invest in our communities, you know, invest in education, invest in policing, invest in the NHS, and to, but also to future-proof our economy, invest in infrastructure. And so I think, you know, it's, I mean, if we look at infrastructure in the north, you know, mm. I mean, it's, it's 
it's nowhere near where it should be. And so investing in things like this is, is going to make sure that the North thrives. So I think that, you know, it's going to be great future for Britain and at least we've got a lot more control of, of what we can do. I mean, I just give one final example. I remember mm-hmm. writing to the Chancellor, um, you know, a few years ago um, because I care about the high streets as an ex-retailer. Mm-hmm. And I remember writing and saying, can we have a 2T VAT system? Because, you know, if it was cheaper VAT on the high street, so it's cheaper to buy in the high street a drive footfall, which will help our retailers. Because, you know, online retailers haven't got the overhead costs like um, um, high street retailers have got. And I got told that it can't be done because the EU dictates that. You cannot uh, um, have a 2 t VAT ah, system. Okay. So that's just one example. Because we've seen, you know, look at the towns in Yorkshire. You know, some of them are dying, actually. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we could really ensure the thrive we can ensure our fishing communities thrive again so i think this is great news so let's grab this opportunity together and move it forward absolutely andrea thank you so much for being on pod zone country thank you very much all the best from the politicians i headed over to parliament square earlier where union jacks are up on the flagpoles and everyone's gearing up for nigel farage's party tonight i spoke to mark desmond who is a nigel farage supporter and is very pleased that brexit is finally happening but of course not everyone feels that way sylvia zamperini and louise brown think there's a chance to be heading back into the eu before long and that's what they're campaigning for I'm sure you'll be able to tell the two apart. You're out here with your flags. You're obviously a Brexit supporter, sir. Why? Because we can have our country back, Okay. Why shouldn't we have Britain? Why shouldn't the French have French and the Italians have Italy and so on and so forth? What is so wrong with a nice bit of patriotism? Patriotism will make the country strong and people don't have to be afraid. People can work together, don't need the EU to do it. We can all work together, we can all build business, we can all build strong communities. What is wrong with that? Instead of being dictated to, which is ultimately what the EU do. Absolutely. Now, today is a momentous day for people like yourself who want Brexit to happen. How do you feel? Do you know what? Good. You know, this is, it never should have taken this long. It's taken that long because there are people over there in Parliament who are basically turned on the people. They come back and give us a referendum. This is now, they told us, signed, sealed and delivered. You will have the outcome of that referendum. Then all of a sudden, there's people over there on, on all sides of the house, not just Labour or Conservative, all of them who turned around and said, that, you know what, we was having a joke. We didn't really mean it. We don't want to know what you think. You're the little people. You do as we're told. And basically, people have gone, uh, no, we haven't. We're not going to do as we're told. You're not going to force this on us. The left wing wants to come up and they want to cry and tell us how terrible and awful it all is. No, it ain't. It's not awful at all. It's called patriotism. And we can all benefit from patriotism. Everyone. You know, we look at France. What are they doing? God, there's a, there's a small revolution going on in France. If that isn't patriotic, albeit violent patriotism, then what is? Hopefully we don't have to go there. And I'm sure we won't here because we don't do that sort of thing. We're British. But, you know, this is, this is what it's all about. It's about people sitting there going out there. And I'm afraid we've had this situation now where you've got all the young who's been indoctrinated. Don't listen to your teachers or professors. They've never done a day's work in their life. Or they've only ever known school. 
listen to people out there who's worked for a living. Listen to people who's gone out there and laboured and, and done so on and so forth. It's only now that people are beginning to realise the left have destroyed the country, I'm afraid. And I speak as somebody who's been a Conservative voter. The left have destroyed this country, they've destroyed industry, they've destroyed our, our personality, our heart and soul. They've destroyed our culture. What more is left? The Liberals have all done this. And if we had treason laws, but we don't, because that nice man, Mr Tony Blair, done away with them all, things I suspect would be a lot different. Because nobody wants to be put away in prison and do a nice bit of term in Pentonville, I'm sure, which is where they'd be looking to, you know, with treason. You're quite right, you're quite right. So what are you going to be doing to celebrate tonight? Are you going to be here in Parliament Square? Yeah, I mean, obviously nobody's going to be drinking. It's, you know, Parliament Square. It's not a pub. It's not a night. It's a shame, really. (laughs) Yeah, this is it. You know, I'm sure we'd all bring along a few beers and bottles of wine, you know, so that we could all enjoy it. But no, what we're going to be doing, they're going to have a, a stage here. We're going to be having some songs going on. We're going to be having some music. People like Nigel Farage and Julia Hartley Brewer, who's a radio mm, yeah. presenter, they're going to be here. They're going to be having their say. And we're going to be trying to remind these people over, over there in Parliament, you know, that, hang about, we can do this. And we don't have to cry and we don't have to feel anger. We don't have to, oh, you know, it's ever so terrible. It ain't. It's bloody marvellous. Because once the French see it and the Italians see it, I'm sure... Either one of them two will be next. You think they'll follow, do you? I do. Yeah. I do. Um, Matteo Salvini, he seems to be having a bit of problem with the left in his own country. We all are having problems with the left, and that's the problem. Let's accept that we are their culture. We are the people we are, and we can move forward, and we can do some really good stuff. We can get on and do business, and we won't have to throw our hands up in surrender and cry into our tea in the morning and do whatever people do. We can get on and sit there and move on and you know be who we are brilliant what a strong message well i hope you have fun tonight thank you so much for speaking to me thanks very much guys can you tell me what you're doing here today out in parliament square so um we're here from a group called um, northeast for europe so we've traveled a lot of us have traveled 300 miles um, because to London, because we want to show the press here, especially the world's press, that you know, well, it's more than half of the country are actually. This is a day of depression, Brexit Day, and um, the country is very divided. But the latest polls actually show that the, the majority is for Remain. Um, so it's not a day of celebration for us. We feel like we're here because we're getting all of our rights taken off us. The northeast will be affected the worst economically that's specifically specifically why I've come down here um, Nissan you know it's a, a real risk it's not going to be in the single market anymore so you know we get people inboxing us telling us how depressed they are about today even people you know telling us about their suicidal thoughts um, it's you know it, it's not a day of celebration but you know people like Nigel Farage etc would have you think that wouldn't they you know they're holding this big Brexit bash in this square tonight they've got music they've got celebrations they'd, they'd have you think that everyone was kind of on board wouldn't they mm-hmm. we what are do you not say to that? we are not on board if a nation is divided I personally will not unite behind Boris Johnson if from the beginning I as a European was called a Q jumper 
Boris Johnson, like uh, about a few weeks ago, said that uh, uh, the European people had taken you know, this country for granted and never unite behind them. The referendum was rigged and we know very well. Uh, you know, you citizen, tax-paying you citizen were not allowed to vote. Why should I respect the result of a referendum which was rigged to start with, which was also advisory, and we are the right-wing press? you know, played an important role by spreading fake news, you know, Nigel Farage, the breaking point one. So I'm standing, I'm part of Notice for Europe by association because, um, you know, met Louise through the different <laughs> events we're taking part to and I'm standing here in defiance today when everybody says we are depressed, everything is lost. I say no, I'm standing here because tonight at 11 or 1 p.m. phase two of the campaign starts again to rejoin and to hold people to account. Yeah, so tell me about that then, because what happens next for groups like yours? You know, you, you obviously campaigned for Remain, I imagine, yes. and you've been kind of fighting that all the way along. Now that we are actually leaving tonight, what, what happens for you guys now? What are your plans? We start the campaign too. <laughs> Which, I mean, it's a, it's a weird one because it's a transition year, so the things are not going to change overnight, and in some ways the 31st of December will be far more depressing than today. And there's still lots to do, of course, as well. And, oh, yes. Well, it hasn't, you know, it it's normally takes seven years to strike trade deals not a year anyway so yeah the campaign we're going to hold him to account that's that's our number one thing yeah. about everything he's promised brexit well looking forward to 350 million to the nhs etc etc but obviously there is a campaign to rejoin and as Guy Hofstadt said in the eu parliament the surge of young people coming up um they're going to see well they already are seeing their rights are being stripped for especially the one about working in the eu that's what you do when you're in your 20s that's when you do it um, they're going to be so angry about it that he said we know that you're going to rejoin and unfortunately it probably is going to take 10 years but because of that surgence of youth coming up you know what they're not gonna they're not gonna stand for having their rights no, taken off not. them and are you are you hopeful that that will be the case you know that that in 10 however many years that we will be able to rejoin i hope before that because brexit is not going to work because there are young people now who couldn't vote and they would not be able to travel abroad do you really think we want to live in a society which was decided by moribund fascist dinosaurs because when people say i heard it a lot in particularly at from the Tory candidate, 70.2 million of people voted to leave. How many of that people have actually died? Mm-hmm. You know, and the young generation is coming up. The future is for young Europeans. The future is not for young, for old, moribund, fascist dinosaurs. And this is why I'm standing here today defiant to say we are not going away. I personally will carry on going to grassroots events, liaising, you know, when there are more events in the tune, I will go, I will come to the Sodom to support Steve Bray, and I will be active as well on social media, you know, sharing posts, even if I cannot go out myself, and I'm very vocal, and I tell people, okay, you like my post, it's time for you to take a stand, because you cannot just say, oh yeah, I'm against Vantuskia, you need to speak out, because I shall not be intimidated by the fascists. You can see them yourself. What kind of species are crawling around today? Absolutely. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you so much for joining us on Pod Zone Country, the Yorkshire Post political podcast. I've been Jerry Scott, the Yorkshire Post Westminster correspondent. You can find our podcast wherever you normally get your podcasts, whether that's iTunes, Spotify or anywhere else. Make sure you leave us a review, subscribe and tell your friends. It's really helpful for other people to find us. 
You can also find us on Twitter at Yorkshire Post and you can find me at Jerry underscore E underscore L underscore Scott. Do feel free to send us any ideas you've got for the podcast. We'll be back in two weeks time. What makes the Toyota Corolla self-charging hybrid Ireland's favourite hybrid? It's time to find out. Choose the spacious Corolla Saloon, the iconic hatchback or the stunning touring sports. With incredible offers available and lower tax than diesel, now's the time to join the thousands of hybrid drivers who have made Toyota Ireland's best-selling car brand in 2021. Contact your dealer or try out our virtual tools at toyota.ie and start your electric journey today. Toyota. Built for a better world. Terms and conditions apply. Claim applies up to March 2021.